When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, and welcome to the Saturday, October 22nd, 2022 Iowa Hawkeyes edition of the Land Grant Holy Land Tailgate Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Tamanini. Every Ohio State football game day this season, I will be kicking off your morning with all of the details that you need to be prepared for that day's contest, whether you are watching from your couch, at a sports bar, or if you are cheering on the Buckeyes from inside the stadium. This afternoon at the Cathedral of College Football, otherwise known as Ohio Stadium, head coach Ryan Day's second-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes will take on the Iowa Hawkeyes, coached by Kirk Ferentz. The Buckeyes enter the game with a 6-0 undefeated record, while Iowa is 3-3 on the season, including 1-2 in Big Ten play. The game will be Fox's big noon game of the week, meaning that on the call will be Gus Johnson, Joel Klatt will provide color commentary, and the All-American woman Jenny Taft will be reporting from the sidelines. As always, the game can be heard on both 97.1 FM and 1460 AM, where the best in the business, the voice of the Buckeyes, Paul Keels, will be on the call, along with Ohio State and NFL legend Jim Lachey supplying color commentary and Matt Andrews on the sideline reporting. It should be noted that Jim Lachey's son, Luke Lachey, is a tight end on the Hawkeyes team. Fox's big noon kickoff will also be on campus today, meaning that Rob Stone, Reggie Bush, Matt Leinart, Columbus native Brady Quinn, and former Ohio State coach Urban Meyer will be setting up shop outside RPAC for the pregame show, kicking off at 10 a.m. Eastern time on Fox, although they will be getting to the set at roughly 9 a.m. As of recording time, the forecast shows 63 degrees under sunny skies in Columbus at kickoff time, with a 0% chance of rain and wind around 10 miles an hour coming from the south. If you are heading to the game today, maybe jot down this information. The Horseshoes Wi-Fi password for non-students, faculty, and staff is OSU Fan Wi-Fi. That is lowercase OSU, capital F, lowercase A-N, capital W, lowercase I-Fi. As always, Ohio Stadium gates will open two hours before kickoff, so at 10 this morning. The doors to St. John Arena will open four hours before kick, or at 8 a.m. if you would like to make your way inside to get the best seats possible for the Skull Session before the band's festivities get underway at 9.40. Starting at 9 a.m., FanFest will open on the South Lawn outside of St. John Arena. Today's ramp entrance will commence at 11.40 a.m., followed by a traditional pregame script, Ohio. At halftime, prepare to pack your bags pre-flight, as Tabitha will debut a tribute to the Rocket Man himself, Elton John. 
Coming into the weekend, Ohio State is ranked second in both the AP and coaches polls, receiving 17 first place votes in both. The Buckeyes sit just 21 points behind number one Georgia in the AP poll and 39 points back in the coaches poll. The Buckeyes are currently tied at the top of the Big Ten East standings with the corn and blue, though since that team up north hasn't yet had its off week, they are 4-0 in the conference while the Buckeyes are 3-0. In the West, as everybody predicted before the season began, Illinois and Purdue are tied in first place at 3-1 in the conference, while Iowa is 1-2 ahead of only 1-3 Wisconsin. We love chaos in college football. Even though sports betting will not be legal in Ohio until the calendar flips to 2023, let's turn our attention to the lines for today's game, which opened with Ohio State as 28.5 point favorites according to DraftKings Sportsbook, but that number has actually risen since the beginning of the week and now sits at 30 points as of recording time with the over-under number set at 49.5 points. Iowa's money line is set at plus 2,000, while Ohio State's is at minus 8,000. What that means is that if you pick Iowa to win straight up, not against the spread, just straight out win, if you bet $100, you will win $2,000. However, to win $100 on Ohio State winning straight up, you would have to bet $8,000. Almost doesn't seem worth it, does it? Ohio State is 3-2-1 against the spread this season, while the Hawkeyes are 3-3. OSU is 4-2, going over the total points mark, and Iowa is 1-5. The Hawkeyes have failed to cover the spread in each of their last six October games against AP-ranked teams, while seven of Ohio State's last eight October contests against non-AP-ranked teams have gone over the total points line. Looking at a few individual player prop bets, DraftKings set the over-unders for C.J. Stroud at 300.5 passing yards and and 3.5 passing touchdowns. In terms of receiving, they have the over-unders for Buckeye receivers at 80.5 yards for Emeka Buka and 79.5 yards for Marvin Harrison Jr. with half a touchdown each. The odds makers also have the rushing total for Travion Henderson set at 92.5 yards. One guy who does not have over-under odds for this game is Jackson Smith and Jigba. But based on some vague but promising comments from Ryan Day during the week, and an official social media post showing JSN dunking during the weekly trash can basketball game, it seems likely that the country's best receiver will finally be back at the Buckeyes' disposal today, but with injuries in this Buckeye coaching staff, you never actually know. It is a little different to gauge the injury situation for both the Buckeyes and the Hawkeyes this week, as they are both coming off of an open week, But OSU is expected to have a fully healthy defensive tackle, Mike Hall Jr., and running backs Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams for the game. The OSU official availability report is expected to be released at 9 a.m. this morning, so we should know more then. But as I've written about this season, I think that OSU's overcautiousness in regards to injuries has been part of their long-range strategy to win a national title this year. While it has been a bit frustrating for fans and some LGHL columnists whom I will not call out here, I believe that Day and the coaching staff have had their eyes set on the postseason when it comes to determining when and how much banged up players get onto the field, especially in the first half of the season, against objectively underwhelming competition. Though it's always difficult to get through a football season without major injuries, especially as the weather gets colder, I do think that the Buckeyes have put their players in the best possible position to get through the second half and the postseason as healthy as possible. One thing that has not been healthy thus far in 2022 
is the Iowa offense. It is one of the absolute worst in all of college football, and despite a characteristically stout Hawkeye defense, that has led to a pretty disappointing season six games in. Iowa has wins over South Dakota State, Nevada, and Rutgers, but lost to in-state rival Iowa State in El Asico in Week 2, and then to the Harboys and Burt's Fighting Illini to start the month of October before being off last weekend. Other than their 27-14 loss to the Corn and Blue, Iowa has not allowed a team to score more than 10 points this season, but they have been held to 14 points or less in four of their six games, and to single digits three times. Not a recipe for success, especially when taking on the Buckeyes. Let's dig in a little bit deeper into the Hawkeyes' numbers, starting with the good. Coming into the weekend, Iowa has the number three scoring defense in the country, allowing only 9.8 points per game, and the number seven total defense, giving up just 264.7 yards per outing. While their play against the run is respectable at 25th nationally, giving up just under 111 yards per game, they have been stellar against the pass, giving up just 154 yards per game, third best nationally. Linebacker Jack Campbell is second in the Big Ten with 10.3 tackles per game, while his fellow backer Seth Benson is fifth with 8.5. Defensive back Cooper DeJean is second in the conference with three interceptions through six games. Okay, now let's get to the Mr. Hyde part of this two-faced situation. The Iowa offense, led by coordinator Brian Ferentz, yes, the son of longtime head coach Kirk Ferentz, is an absolutely embarrassing and unacceptable 131st in the country, averaging under 239 yards per game. And, in case you were unaware, there are only 131 teams in FBS, meaning that the Hawkeyes are dead last in yards per game on the season. To make matters worse, it's not like their impressive defense is just giving their offense the chance to score on short fields, because Iowa is 127th in scoring at 14.7 points per game. Starting quarterback Spencer Petrus has taken every single snap of the season for the Hawkeyes, and yet he comes in 13th in the conference with just 156.7 yards per game. The team's top rusher, LaShawn Williams, is 17th in the league at just over 47 yards per game, and tight end Sam Laporta is the team's leading receiver at 46.5 yards per game, also 17th in the Big Ten. One positive, I suppose, is that punter Tory Taylor is fifth nationally, averaging 46.12 yards per boot. To put those numbers in perspective, Ohio State enters the game with the country's top-ranked scoring offense, putting up 48.8 points per game, and the second-ranked total offense at 543.7 yards per outing. The Buckeyes are 15th nationally in rushing yards per game at 228, and 15th in passing at 315.7. You just have to wonder what those totals would look like if the starters were ever actually allowed to play a full game. On the other side of the ball, OSU has the number 5 total defense, allowing just 253.5 yards per game, and the number 10 scoring defense, allowing just 15.7 points per game. The Buckeyes come in with a top 10 defense against both the run and the pass. They are 7th against the pass, giving up just over 160 yards per contest, and 9th in rush defense, allowing just over 93 yards per game. 
hampered a bit by the fact that they don't really play the fourth quarter. C.J. Stroud comes into the game 16th nationally and second in the Big Ten with 289.5 yards passing per game. Mayan Williams at 99.4 and Trivion Henderson, 87.2, are fifth and seventh in the conference in rushing yards per contest. Emeka Egbuka is second in the league and sixth nationally with 109.2 receiving yards per game. Marvin Harrison Jr. is fourth in the Big Ten with 89.3, and Julian Fleming is 12th in the conference at 55.5. On defense, Tommy Eichenberg is sixth in the Big Ten, averaging 8.3 tackles per game, while Mike Hall Jr. leads the conference with 0.9 sacks per game and is second in tackles for loss at 1.5 per outing. What an absolute monster Hall has become in his second year as a Buckeye. I know that Larry Johnson likes to rotate guys for a multitude of reasons, but in my humble, unexpert opinion, Hall should never leave the field unless he's having an asthma attack or has a broken leg. Okay, after a quick break, we will continue today's show with some historical notes about the Ohio State and Iowa series, the game's advanced analytics, and predictions for today's outcome. Welcome back. Now let's take a look at the series history between the two teams. But first, I'm giving you a bit of a trigger warning, I suppose, that there will be discussion of at least one rather painful topic in this section. So if you don't want to hear about that, maybe fast forward 60 to 90 seconds. Okay, you've been fairly warned. The last time that these two teams played was in 2017, as you probably remember. The number six Buckeyes visited Iowa City to take on the five and three Hawkeyes. After a 10-10 opening quarter, Iowa opened up a 31-17 halftime lead and never looked back. Quarterback JT Barrett was 18 of 34 for 208 yards, three touchdowns, and four interceptions, while J.K. Dobbins and Mike Weber combined for 78 yards on 11 rushes, which is a pretty impressive 7.7 yards per carry. I wonder why they didn't run the ball more. Ultimately, the Buckeyes left with a demoralizing 55-24 defeat. Throughout this past week, Ryan Day, who was in his first season as OSU's offensive coordinator in 2017, has described that game as having left scars on him and on the program, and his players have echoed that sentiment throughout the week. The two teams were supposed to play in 2020, but the schedule was ultimately rearranged, as you remember, multiple times because of COVID. But despite that painful loss, the Buckeyes have more than a 3-1 advantage in wins all-time over Iowa. OSU owns a 46-15-3 record in the series' history. The two teams played 16 times from 1963 through 1980, with the Buckeyes winning every single one, the longest winning streak in series' history. And based on the comments from Dana's players this week, it sounds like they might have a little bit of extra motivation to kick off a new win streak by getting some revenge today. Okay, let's take a look at the advanced analytics. The Buckeyes are back atop the SP Plus rankings from ESPN's Bill Connolly following Alabama's loss last week to Tennessee. OSU has the top-ranked offense and the fifth-ranked defense, according to SP+. Iowa comes in at 28th, according to SP+, with the 98th-ranked offense and the top-ranked defense, which is absolutely wild. It also helps that they have the ninth-ranked special teams, thanks in part because of their punting proficiency. 
Connolly's model projects OSU to win by a score of 35 to 13. That would be an under and not a cover if you were using SP Plus for betting purposes. But as I've said before, SP Plus has some sort of inherent mathematical tendency that is well beyond my limited statistical understandings that undervalues OSU's offense. So take that for what it's worth. However, Connolly's model does give the Buckeyes a 90% win probability. ESPN's Football Power Index, a different analytics system from the worldwide leader than Connolly's SP+, also has Ohio State at number one and gives the Buckeyes a 45.4% chance to finish the regular season undefeated and then to win the conference title. That is the best in the country, ahead of number seven Clemson's 33.1% and number three Georgia's 31.7%. The formula also gives the Buckeyes a 29.7% chance to win the national title, also the best in the country. Georgia is at 23.6%, Alabama is at 19.4%, and that team up north is 9.3%. FPI has Iowa at 40th. Football Outsiders F-Plus Analytics has Ohio State as the top-ranked team in the country, with the number one offense by a considerable margin and the number seven defense. To put it in perspective, Tennessee has the number two offense, but they are .67 points behind the Buckeyes. .67 points then behind the Volunteers would be good for 12th place behind Utah. F-Plus has the Hawkeyes at 29th nationally. And finally, the most fun predictions model that we look at every week, the NCAA Game Simulator spits out an average score of 30.7 points for the Buckeyes to 7.7 for Iowa, thanks to 1,065 simulations as of recording time. The simulator shows just 8.3% of the simulated games were decided by less than 5 points, and only 1.1% of them went to overtime. The simulator had Ohio State winning 95% of the games and winning by more than 20 points in 59.7% of the time. Conversely, they have Iowa winning by more than 20 points in only 5 of those 1,065 sims, or 0.5%. Now, before I get into my prediction for the game, I want to run through some of the biggest non-Buckeye v. Hawkeye games of the day. All times are, of course, Columbus time. If Ohio State jumps out to an early lead and you are looking for a second screen option, over on ABC at noon, number 5 Clemson will host number 14 Syracuse in a battle of ACC unbeatens. Then at 3.30, in a future Big Ten matchup, number 9 UCLA will visit number 10 Oregon on Fox, while number 20 Texas travels to Stillwater to face the number 11 Oklahoma State Cowboys on ABC. In the evening, number 6 Alabama will look to rebound as they welcome number 24 Mississippi State to Tuscaloosa at 7 on ESPN. At 7.30 on ABC, the Buckeyes' next opponent, the number 16 Penn State Nits, will host Minnesota. And in the Battle of the Purple People Eaters, number 17 Kansas State will visit number 8 TCU at 8 p.m. on FS1. It is kind of slim pickings in the Pac-12 after dark window, but you could go with Washington and Cal, quite possibly another Big Ten matchup at 9.30 p.m. on ESPN if you felt the need. San Diego State and Nevada play at 10.30 on the CBS Sports Network if you really are jonesing for some late-night college football action. Okay, back to the Buckeyes. After the week off, I feel fairly confident that Ohio State will have as close to a full complement of talent as is possible halfway through a college football season. 
While I would love to say that I think that this will lead to the Buckeyes' first shutout of the season, even as putrid as the Iowa offense is, I don't think that that's going to happen. However, I do think that the Ohio State offense will have a really impressive day against the best defense by a wide margin that has played thus far in 2022. I think that Stroud will go over 325 yards and will have four touchdowns. I wouldn't be surprised if the Hawkeyes picked him off once because that's just what they do, but it should be enough to remind the talking heads that Stroud is absolutely the Heisman frontrunner and not the shiny new toy that Hendon Hooker is for Tennessee. I would not be surprised if the Buckeye running game struggles a little bit, but I do think that they'll hit about a buck and a quarter collectively, even if no single back gets 100 yards. When Iowa has the ball, I'd imagine that they will try to take the air out of it even more than is already their standard operating procedure. Look for Spencer Petras to let the clock run down as often as possible and to hand it off a lot, especially in the first half. Ultimately, he will be forced to pass because they will be down considerably, but they won't put it in the air willingly or that often until later in the game. I think that the Silver Bullets will hold Iowa to under 200 yards of total offense and will rack up a season-high 12 tackles for loss and 5 sacks. Ultimately, I am going Ohio State 42, Iowa 10. Alright, that's all that I've got for you today. As always, Land Grant and Holy Land will have you covered before, during, and after the game. I will be mashing buttons on Twitter during the contest, so please follow and share your thoughts at LandGrant33. You can also follow me personally at BWWMatt. And if you are not already, please subscribe to Land Grant Holy Land's one-of-a-kind podcasting network. We are turning out nearly two podcasts every single day throughout the entire college football season with all of the news, analysis, and discussions that you need to be the most informed Buckeye fan possible, along with unique voices, topics, and perspectives that you won't find anywhere else in the Buckeye podcasting universe. So, with all of that out of the way, thanks for listening. We will talk to you soon. And as always, go Bucks.